They did this to you. They're trying to turn us against each other. Just look at them. What do they know about friendship anyway? I'll get them. You watch. I'll take care of those sons of bitches. Watch it, Alan. I'm shooting. Oh, good Lord. It's... It's unbelievable. It's... It's horrible. I can't understand the reason for such cruelty. It must have something to do with some obscure sexual writer. With the almost profound respect... These... Getting very careless. Blood in your hair. What will we do? You want to look pretty, don't you? Pretty for me. I can't believe you're not afraid. All you have to do is piss on it. Could you care blood, ain't you? God damn it, Ralph, get out of here. Go on, get. Leave people alone. You'll never come back again. Oh, shut up, Ralph. It's got a death curse. Evil. God, my leg. God, my leg. I'm here. You're here. There's a fog bank out there. Messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. Demanding everything, including blood. John, I want this material burned. All of it. My son was a son of a bitch, and he was no good. That's it. My son is dead. I don't want to talk about him no more. Oh, Sandy. Oh, Sandy. You're gonna die. Ma'am. He didn't find any boy. You know as well as I do. Takes all kinds of critters to make farmer Vincent fritters. <laughs> I wonder who the real cannibals are. All right, guys, we're here for this is my final recording of kind of the special 1980 in depth looks at certain movies. And I brought along Dave Z. Now, Dave Z is a podcaster. You've been doing this for like 10 years. You started on like the Skeleton Crew. Uh, abcs of hidden horror and then of course the exploding heads horror movie podcast which is on patreon only so check it out it's also on youtube uh but yeah he's been doing this forever and when i thought the shining because i already covered the shining i wanted to have a special guest come in i thought 
who likes the shining better than almost anyone? And I figured Dave Z I've heard him profess his love for it. And of course, everyone knows or loves the shining or respects it, except my co-host on my show who seems to not like the shining or Stephen King. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah. So Dave Z is here to talk about the shining. How's it going, Dave? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to do it. And hi, everybody out there on YouTube land, because I'm, I'm not on YouTube very much. Yeah. I know this guy's Mr. YouTube, so yeah. it's, it's cool to be here. Wait, who doesn't like The Shining? Who, what co-host? Are you Jeremy, talking about? On my show, we do oh. that. I had He hates Stephen King, and I made him watch The Shining was the only Stephen King. Matt and Carrie, the only ones he watched. And he's just like, I told you, I don't want to watch The Fucking Shining. I, I just don't get it, because he wow. likes Stanley Kubrick movies, too. Wow, that's because it's, it's more of a Kubrick vehicle yeah, than Stephen it's, King. It's nothing like Stephen King, which makes you think that it's the the opposite of Stephen King's. So you think you like it because King hates it, but you know, I don't right. know. I, I guess wow. he just doesn't like the story in general. Boy, where do we start with The Shining? You know, um, originally when this movie came back, I came out, it was kind of pant. You know, it was uh, the reviews were divided, similar to the thing. Um, they just it wasn't that yeah. beloved. And it's funny that two of the icy kind of cold horror movies of all time were kind of panned. And now they're two of the most beloved, probably top five favorite horror movies among hardcore horror fans. Not, you know, we talk like mainstream, it would be obviously like Alien and Halloween. But we start getting right. into like the nitty gritty. Most people are going to say something like The Thing or The Shining or something along those lines. So, yeah. Definitely The Thing. It seems like The Thing is like the most universally loved because it doesn't have that that like the shining is the kind of movie that some people could be bored by or they think that it's too like i don't know too long there, there's certain like things in the shining that it isn't it doesn't have the easy access that like the thing has the thing i, I don't think i know any horror fan that doesn't like the thing but i damn well know i know some people that don't like the shining besides your co-host you know well the shining is a more it's like a mood piece too like you kind of almost yeah. have to be in a certain mood like you could you'll know i'll never dislike it but i'll have better experiences with it sometimes you know because it's just like you get zoned in especially if you start like somewhat connecting with the characters at all which i do every time i want I've, I've connected with the characters since i was a kid when i saw it and like to me i mean <laughs> I get this certain joy out of certain characters. It doesn't happen much when when you have like a, an antagonist that's a real bastard. But for some reason, I find myself laughing along with some of the stuff that comes out of Jack's mouth throughout the movie. And I know a lot of people probably don't, but I like even the performance is so great. But I also enjoy just that type of asshole. But he's a total bad guy but there's just something about him where this this doesn't sound good but i'm i'm always open there's a small part of me sometimes with some of the things that he says that i wish i could say mean they ate each other huh they had to in order to survive yeah don't worry mom i know all about cannibalism i saw it on tv see it's okay saw it on the television well <laughs> it's also jack fucking nicholson who's got so much screen presence and i mean like this is one thing he's a movie star so jack nicholson is there's a, a little bit of jack nicholson in every performance he plays and he's just he demands a screen every every performance i've ever seen him in he's made decent movies great 
like just by his performance like we were talking about wolf in 94 and like uh-huh. he makes that fucking movie like it's a great sure. it's a solid ass movie but he he really pushes it further and tell me if it was not him as uh, R.P. McMurphy in One for the Cuckoo's Nest. That, that would, that's like one of the best movies ever made. And his performance is at the heart and soul of that. Oh, man. Absolutely. He is the man. And like to me, this is my favorite role of his. This is honestly, this is though my, this is my favorite performance of anybody in a horror movie, period. So I'm zoned in right from the beginning. And, you know, speaking of the beginning, you notice that a lot of people that don't like the movie, especially people that like the book, they're, they're always quick to say, I don't like the fact, and King himself has said yeah. this, I don't like the fact that because it's Jack Nicholson, you're already expecting some type of crazy out of him, and he's already crazy from the start, where in the novel, you know, the pieces slowly unravel and he cracks up. But I will say this, this is what I always, this is my rebuttal every time. The minute we see Jack Nicholson in this movie, he's already in the hotel. The first time we meet him, he's already set foot in the Overlook. So yeah, my right. take is he's already been touched a little bit. Well, same thing with like Session 9, right? Like Gordy would have probably never done that. And, and you can compare these. They're very similar movies. It, it, like I think Session 9 is more of just a place like that had a lot of suffering and maybe not, yeah. nothing supernatural, but just the suffering alone and knowing it was there has enough effect on his psyche because he was already pushed to the edge and you know what i think personally i think that we know that stephen king's most personal book was like the shining right so he put himself a lot in the jack nicholson the alcoholism maybe the possible child abuse so when he saw that stanley kubrick looked at that face value and was like he's just a drunk kind of a loser and he just didn't treat him and didn't give him that that redeeming quality at the end it hurt stephen king to a point where he was upset about it but you don't have stanley kubrick the cold clinical director make a movie about a redeeming character if you look at a clockwork orange or even 2001 he's um, that or um fucking uh, dr strangelove his movies are cold and clinical and they're they can be very funny but at the same time they're never really heartwarming <laughs> no no <laughs> that's true. there's no redemption in the shining first for jack nicholson no, but the thing is, that's that's one of the things I love about it. I imagine if it had the original ending in, in a movie like this, it would almost seem like a cop out just I, to have all of a sudden he swerves and he he stops the place from blowing up that he was once going to blow up. And then it ends the way it ends in the book. I just I couldn't imagine that happening in this particular film. Not the way this unfolds, not the way it unfolds, because the way he's handled, like he's just so much darker in the movie than he is in the book, I think. And Nicholson is crazy. Um, He's he's crazy from the he's off. He's off. But Mm -hmm. when you see this movie, you know, like he's going to be off the entire time. So it has a disadvantage already because most people read the book. And like, so why not cast fucking Jack Nicholson? They already know he's going to (laughs) snap. Right. He's great. Fuck it. Right. Yeah, and Shelley Duvall in this movie, like I actually oh. think her performance is on par with Jack Nicholson. I'd say one of the most uncomfortable scenes of all of 1980 is when she's telling that uh, is it a psychiatrist or whoever it is, and she's saying, "Yeah, the doctor, it just, yeah, it was just a freak accident." And there's like she has that cigarette, and it's just like it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's so awful and just so real, so real. I guess that's about the time when I first noticed that he was talking to Tony. What sort of injury did he have? Uh, He dislocated his shoulder. How did he manage to do that? Well, it was just one of those things, you know, purely an accident. Uh, My husband had uh, 
been drinking and he came home about three hours late. So he wasn't exactly in the greatest mood that night. And, well, Danny had scattered some of his school papers all over the room and my husband grabbed his arm, you know, to pull him away from him. It's, it's just the sort of thing you do a hundred times with a child, you know, in the park or in the streets. But on this particular occasion, my husband just used too much strength and he injured Danny's arm. Anyway, something good did come out of it all because he said, Wendy, I'm never going to touch another drop. And if I do, you can leave me. And he didn't. And he hasn't had any alcohol in uh, five months. Totally. You could tell that she is, you could almost even hear his words coming out of her mouth when she says, purely an accident. It sounds like the way yes, Jack yes. delivers a line. Like when, even like later on when he's talking to Grady, he's th- I've always picked up on little things like that. And you can see that the, the woman's just looking at her. And, and she's probably thinking, yeah, you guys are both victims here, I think. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you need to get out of this right away. And, and um, everybody else can see it but you. And you notice that Jack Nicholson brings it up later to uh, the bartender. Um, what the fuck's the bartender's name? You'll know. Uh, yeah, Lloyd. Lloyd. And he says a different story. It's not the same. And, and that happens no. a lot in this movie. People repeat shit and nothing ever matches up. So you don't know who's lying or who's not remembering or if they're getting fucked with. So the movie is filled with confusion. Like you don't even really know exactly how the hotel works or what's what? Is it a ghost story? Is it a possession story? Is it the shining that's causing it? Who the fuck knows? Is it just a combination amalgamation of it, which caused this? So some people hate that. They want to, they want a clear cut answer. I don't mind. I think it's vastly interesting. Um, what yeah. I don't like is when we start getting on these off the wall conspiracy theories, like that documentary. And I, you know, the room two, three, that guy, yep. he just gets people that I feel have mental illness and gets them to talk. And like his same documentary about the, the sleep disorder, I felt was the oh, same. And my. I turned both his movies off in a half an hour. I was just like, you might as well just, you know, go to a circus and film people with like mental problems. That's what I felt like I was watching, just like some guy exploiting people and just saying off the wall shit. Wow. You know, I saw Rune 237 yeah. one time when it, I think it jumped, it dropped on Netflix. And I saw it and I was going to say something because I did watch the whole thing. And there was like four or five different theories. And I know everybody wants to discredit everything that is not said in that them, movie. But not, all, not right. everything. Well, this is what kind of what I took from it. I I don't know Stanley Kubrick from another director. As far, these people seem to be like really into Kubrick. Yeah. And they said, well, Kubrick was known for this and he was known for that. I didn't have that knowledge prior to, to that. And matter of fact, I up until a few years ago, the only Kubrick movies I had ever seen were were the shining and full metal jacket but full metal jacket just didn't seem like the rest of kubrick's movies so i didn't really it didn't even really register but when they were talking about kubrick and all these theories and this and that ever since i saw that documentary and i'm not saying i believe in one or the other but one more added thing to this movie is that when i watch it i do notice that i'll look around at the background and i'll look at certain things and i'll see if there's any any validity to anything you know, some of the, some of these theories that are out there. And I want to say that maybe some of those theories do hold water. I don't know. It just, it does make me think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll some of that. them for sure. Like, like um, the native American aspect, I don't disagree with because that's right. in there. And that was a very big trope of the horror movie times. Like there's a lot of tropes in here and stuff, but again, going back to Stephen King, who's like, this movie was terrible. Yada, yada, yada. 
do you do you remember like the movie he directed <laughs> which i love but i mean like it's no shining and also he released no. there's this list that floats around the internet all the time and it's like stephen king's top favorite horror movies from the last 20 years and he has like dawn of the dead remake over the original on there and just like straight shit like straight, not that that dawn of remakes bad but it's just not a top quality movie it's never ever going to be anyone's favorite list not seriously not no and especially someone stephen king's age which shows i guess he has a younger heart but looking at the list you're just like what the fuck is this i'm sorry this is not a good list to me like I, but that's just me. Uh, this so like, jeez, uh, I don't even know where to go next. Um, it, we compared him. You said he's likable, like to a certain extent. He, you love watching well, Stephen King, right? I mean, like Jack Nicholson, right? Very quotable, but oh, there, boy. there is a relatable quality to him. The high stress, the possibly, you know, like I shouldn't say this, but everybody's had their dad look at them at one point when he's clearly stressed and losing, and he just wants to kill you. there is some truth about you know the family annihilators that kill their entire families right yeah of course he obviously had some resentment towards wendy and she should have had resentment towards him i mean yeah we don't know the story though i mean you're just picking up i mean there's so many different ways to look at it like it seems like sometimes he is a nice guy and sometimes it even seems like their relationship isn't too bad but but, the, but just but the way they they communicate like because she's pretty much shocked when she comes in that one scene and he gives her that speech he goes you're distracting me and that whole thing yeah, yeah. the look on her face if she was a, a regular abuse victim because she comes in all hey hon how this and the, how's everything go if she was used to being abused that way it really wouldn't phase her yeah but she shows like genuine shock, the look on her face that he's acting this way. I'm not defending him. No, I'm no, just saying yeah. that I think that there, there are, you know, there's there may be some good in this relationship, like in a lot of relationships. And maybe he does have some issues with the drinking and it's caused them. And like they said, after he did that thing with Danny, which, you know, he pu- pulled his arm, he quit drinking. So maybe there's an effort being made. And But now we see that he's in a desperate situation and he has to go and get this job done. And if, if he fucks this job up, what's going to happen to him, right? So I think this is what the, the stress of that. But the thing is, the, the relationship with them, it just seems to me that there's a couple moments that, that they seem okay. So I don't know. I just think that there's something like underneath the surface st- stress-wise. And of course, he did what he did to Danny, you know, at that, that time. But the way, the way she reacts to it doesn't show me that she's a victim of habitual abuse i could be reading too deep into it i don't know but i think there was a a past abuse but he's he's been good for a while now so when it relapses you know she never expects it but uh you know what's your favorite line in the movie i I know my favorite line in the movie holy shit i i'm so i'm so messed up with this movie that at any given time and any given day in my household, I could just spew a line from it. And luckily my, my family loves the movie too. Yeah. So they know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? But I would say if I had to pick, I would have to pull something from his, you know, from his monologue when he's really pissed off with yeah. her, when he, when he says, you know, Wendy, darling, light of my life, that whole thing, that whole, you know, I'm going to, you know, going to bash him right the fuck in. I love that's, that. That's a great line. Uh, and anything nope. that happens in the bathroom between him and Grady yeah. with I corrected her. <laughs> that whole conversation word for word is I mean it's it's, it's Jack's bad face sometimes. in that scene's hilarious too. He's like <laughs> right. he's fucked up. 
He's like Mary so Man, drunk. Mr. Greeny. Like he he's like he's like when you have like six drinks and you're walking around the bar and you think you're hot shit, but you really look like a jackass and you don't know it and nobody's gonna tell you that. That's exactly what he looks like right there. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no. great. My my favorite line, line. And I've said it a bunch of times. Sell my goddamn soul for a glass of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's gonna sound bad, but like my grandpa used to drink a lot. It's just like I can see my grandpa saying that when he's just like upset. He's just like, oh, I just sold my oh. goddamn soul for a glass of beer. <laughs> Amazing. No, and I then mean, yeah, go ahead. There's the theory. There's the theory I have about that moment because he says that that is that is the first time he sees Lloyd, and he has his first actual interaction with somebody who really isn't there at least he's willing to sell himself over to the hotel basically yeah it's it's like an open invitation oh here's another great line are you out of your fucking mind when she runs in and she tells them all that stuff about there's a crazy woman he tried to strangle (laughs) all that shit and then the one line it's comedy when he walks in and when he uh when grady spills the drink on him uh, the avocado and they're going to yeah. the thing goes he goes yes he goes I intended to change anyway before the fishing goose soiree just some oh, fucking I love that he pats thing. he pats him on the back and he wipes that shit <laughs> <laughs> fucking go <cold. laughs> like, no there's lots of great little details like that but no um that that's a great scene between um when she comes in and yells at him about that because she initially blames him for the attack and then she comes in and tells him all that so then he starts to think she's fucking crazy too. So they're both thinking right. you're the one who fucking did it. You're blaming it on me. What the fuck is wrong? You know what I mean? And, and like right. they both like even Jack starts thinking she's off for a while. Like exactly. It, yeah, but like we also know like Stanley Kubrick put these motherfuckers through the grinder. Like the only one who like how do you make Scatman Crothers cry? Like oh, I don't right. even, like, I would have been like, you know, if you're like Jack's just standing there and it's like dude just starts crying, you're just like. Dude, that's enough. That's a fucking enough, dude. He made him do it like 50. Fuck. How many times? How many times did he make him do that? It's some outrageous amount, like 70 something. I, I don't know. Some outrageous amount, though. And it was like, I think he didn't. He wasn't he reported to have, have said, Mr. Kubrick, what do you want? Or something like that. I can't even. It's, it, it's not funny, but. Yeah, I already thought the same thing. I'm like, that. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, I'm not doing this any fucking more. I swear. Like, so like, that's funny. It's Gaming Crowther's got to be buddies with nicholson because they were in one for the cuckoo's nest together a right. few years before yeah. and i mean like scatman Crowley's had a great career you know i mean he, he's mm-hmm. in uh, the shootest with uh, john wayne his thing with john wayne's brilliant so i mean i always liked him but i don't oh, know yeah. i feel bad for anybody in a kubrick movie like I, and like he's got guys that i just can't see taking that shit like george c scott i'd be like i can't see him taking that shit no it's weird isn't it right well, I, yeah. they respected I, him he, i mean he i don't think he used to be as bad as he was either i think like when he got i don't know I think he was trying to drive these fuckers crazy for real because they were he wanted that in the movie. Well, it worked for Shelley Duvall, which I'm glad you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately as well. Yeah, I mean, it's she went through all kinds of mental anguish, and you, you see where she's and then at Dr. Now Phil and drug her out, and then you know, Dr. Phil is oh. like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell you how bad Stanley Kubrick is for exploiting you by fucking exploiting you." Uh, well said yeah okay. you're right Dr. about that Dr. Phil Cannibal Holocaust over here exploitation <laughs> movie by exploiting people <laughs> totally wow yeah that's terrible and you know obviously that didn't make her go crazy there's obviously issues there then and that's maybe that 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 set it off but you said it earlier about her performance and I agree I think that she kind of gets razzed a little bit but I think that her performance 
is fantastic in this movie. The cigarette like scene is, is the best performance by an actress, I think, in any movie <laughs> this year. Like, I can't think of a better actress performance than Shelley Duvall. It's got to be Shelley Duvall. Like, who else is better? I'm trying to think. I can't think of an actress performance that's better. Um, Dangerous Encounters the first kind's of great performance, but that's that's more of an exploitation kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it might be her. Um, Man, she is great. I yeah, mean, all the stress that she shows and all the argument, you know, just everything that she's doing with Jack, it's like a, a master class when the two of them are going back and forth in that scene, you know, going up the stairs. And when she first comes in the room and reads uh, all work and no play and he comes in, how do you like it? And that whole conversation between the two of them. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine it was done in one take because it's Kubrick. But I mean, boy, they are so on point. And, and then when she shows fear as like a genuine quote unquote scream queen when she's being tormented and she's in the in the bathroom and he's coming at her with the axe and her reactions and everything. Nobody talks about her in that respect. Everybody just kind of like I don't know, it's it's like kind of maybe Jack just like steals the show so much that they don't I don't know what it is, but am I the only one that thinks that? Doesn't it no, seem like I mean, people, people don't give her the respect? Good, but like I, I they always yeah. bring up Jack Nicholson probably because it's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. We, we also have to remember that when this movie came out Everybody's like, Jack Nicholson's overacting so bad. It's the worst performance ever. Like, reading stuff like that. And you're just like, are you on fucking drugs? Like, didn't you get a Razzie? Like, it's fucking hilarious what the yeah. Razzies get. They know nothing. They know fucking nothing. Because nothing. I, I, when I was watching the special features on Friday the 13th, uh, Sean Cunningham, Betsy Palmer was repeating what Sean Cunningham was telling her. He said, now keep it internal. Don't go too external. You don't want to end up like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And it's just like, oh, wow. Like, I know that's a great performance in Friday the 13th and all. But it doesn't hold a fucking candle to Jack Nicholson, like in anything. No. Like, I, <laughs> no. it's just so weird that Sean Cunningham, like, as much as I like some of his movies, he's a hack talking shit sure. about Stanley Kubrick and Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, of course. Like, in I comparison. think he was just kind of, I well, think he was everybody just doing hated that. it at the time. Everybody hated it at the time. So everybody thought it was shit. That just goes to show you what right. the general public can convince the masses what's shit. It's they a scary thought. The, they convinced the masses that The Shining was a bad movie. That's insane. And now look at the way it's looked at. I mean, Same, it's, yeah. I, you know, okay, you're talking about 1980 movies. And I didn't realize this was your last one. I, I know that I've seen some of well, the other the ones. The big ones. I, I have two more to watch right. after this, but this is like the big recordings. Like, cause I did all the heavy hitters, like not all of them. Right. The heavy hitters I had already watched. I basically did a little recording with them or unless I could find like a special guest to do something special with it. Okay, well, this is what I have to say about 1980 movies and this. Everything I've watched this year so far for the 1980 show seems like it's filmed in 1979 or earlier. This particular, this particular movie, the way their dress looks 70s and certain other things, but when I'm watching the movie itself, it does not feel at all to me like a 70s movie. It seems like it's from... Later on in the 80s, almost, it's the soundtrack, it's the look of it. Everything about it feels different than everything else we're watching for this 80s show. Do you, do, you, do you agree? I would agree that it's different because it's Kubrick on the same time, because Kubrick doesn't use typical soundtracks. He uses a lot of classical music, which is very unlike anything from 1980, really. Because 1980 yeah. there has like carryover from disco shit or it has like the synth stuff or whatever, or even like some old like 70s stuff or whatever. But his music is always different. They always stands out. Like, I mean, think of like, like Clockwork Orange, it's mostly classical music as well. So, and, and on top of that, we're watching a lot of movies that are made by exploitation and horror directors and Kubrick is not bad. And, and that's yeah, another wow. thing about 
you know, all our favorite horror directors, the masters of horror, they didn't want to get pigeonholed into making horror movies. The guys that wanted to make horror movies for a living, typically probably not the best horror directors like Romero and Carpenter and even Fulci and uh, Fulci. Well, Dario wanted to make that shit. He tried different, but most of them don't typically want to make horror movies, but some of the greatest horror movies ever made are about guys that only made one or two horror movies ever. And the shining is one of those, right? He is not freaking freaking one or two horror movies, exorcist, maybe guardian, which isn't a great movie cruising Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg, you got Jaws. So, like, yeah, you know. it's guys, you know, that they, they like genre films, but they they don't even like to stick in one genre, or they most definitely, you know, it's just a subject matter that interested them. And Kubrick's half of his fucking movies were based off books. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. It's so, true. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Pretty wild. The best director is making unoriginal movies. As <laughs> <laughs> if people are right? making original ideas. It's like back in the 60s and 70s, some of the best movies ever made were based off books. We can go back to that and stop remaking movies. Right? Yeah. How come that? You, that fucking that's, books. A, that's a good point. It's not like people stopped writing books. There's still books out there, and yeah, there's still lots of great all books. this untouched, you know, stuff from you know the past that no one's ever made a movie about. That yeah. even if it doesn't fit with you know 2022 times, you could still update it. You know what I mean? Even if it was written in the 60s, you could still take the themes and the characters from it and just update it to modern times. I would think that they they would do this stuff. And let's be honest, half the movies that were adapted from those books aren't even correctly adapted. Like uh, the Blade Runner is nothing like the book. Well, they, right. I don't don't know how you make that fucking book. (laughs) That book's on drugs. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of those books that are on drugs. So, so like, I don't know. Like, I prefer the movie, this movie over the book. I do too. I think Kubrick's a better director than King's a writer. I know that's probably, it's true though. One's more complex to me. Well, look at it this way. I understand why you would say that, but look at how many at-bats King has compared to how many at-bats Kubrick has. Kubrick only Kubrick made has, a handful of movies, and they're all masterpieces, you know what I mean? right? They, they are. You're right. I mean, he can't make a bad movie. I agree with you. Like at least one. from you know production values and everything else. And I've seen. I'm not going to sit here and say I've seen every Kubrick, but I've seen most of them. And yeah, I, I don't think he can make. I, I haven't seen anything bad from him. King. The thing about King is he may be the best character writer that we've ever had. When you read his books, the way he dives into character, and King just has a, he's a, a wealth suburban of knowledge. He, he's the best suburban writer. Like, he appeals to suburbia better than anybody else. Like, Clyde Barker does True. not appeal to suburbia. He appeals to transgressive no. people. I love Barker. Oh, or, like, too. Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, that doesn't appeal right. to suburbia. I, he's my favorite, one of my favorites, but... King appeals to almost everybody. You know what I mean? King is like the, I don't want to need use this as a bad thing. You know, King is like, uh, he somehow can go super dark, but still appeal to the masses, which is a rarity. But King's like a shark. He has to keep writing no matter what. I know, right? Kubrick may be the same, but he just is so meticulous or, or pre-plans everything to such an extreme level that, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't get that many out or he might only make a movie when he absolutely has to. Unlike just Franco or or fucking Jody Amato or John Rowland who have some great movies but they have some garbage because that's all they do is make movies and they just keep doing it and doing it doing it. that's the same thing with King I'm not comparing Jody Amato to Stephen King but I am no. you know what I mean it's just <laughs> I their work, the way they work King was much more successful obviously but still like King doesn't have to do it that's I mean no. well let those me say those guys had to do the it directors those guys had to do it to make a career at or they this felt point. like they had to do it or they right were, yeah I think King does it 
because of his addictions, I think he can't stop. I think that if he stops writing, he'll pick up the bottle again or do something. This is just a theory yeah. because I know I know of some musicians that always keep busy because what do they say about the idle hands or the devil's plate thing? Th- yeah, things yeah, like I that. I think, I think they just keep going because they're afraid to actually sit back on the couch and and just chill. I'm like, okay, now what? And then I think they'll go into old, you yeah, know, bad habits. Bad habits. But some of his best work was when he was in those bad habits. Oh, um, yeah. for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, that, and that's is why this I think the one? This which is, one doesn't he? He, he, one he doesn't book, remember. He doesn't one of remember. This uh, uh, is it. The Shining. It or might, is it? It might. It might be. I don't remember. Um, so, but I can't remember which one it is. <sighs> I know it's not Carrie because that was like his first. Nope. Um it's right. one of the big ones too. Might it's have been like, Pet Cemetery. I think it might Pet Cemetery for sure. But like we have a lot of the themes here, like the shining, that kind of telekinetic or telepathy powers, definitely a third of sixth sense or whatever appears in a lot of his stories. A lot of people seem to have it. So saying that, do you think that um Jack Torrance had it as well, or he had a touch of it because right. he was so affected by the hotel? Sure. Maybe I mean, that's, that's why he drank. Maybe yeah. that's like an allegory for Stephen King himself and why he drank. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. th- the same thing because it, it quells the, the thoughts. It, it numbs them. Actually, yeah. they kind of played upon that. I think he probably did that on purpose because if you read Dr. Sleep yeah. or even just saw, I the, saw movie, the movie. I saw the movie. I didn't read the book. I think that he, they straight up say that in the movie that, you know, he was able that Danny was able to dull it, dull the shining that yeah. he had by drinking and not allowing himself to think. Does that come right from the book? I can't profess to know, but I have a feeling maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that makes sense that he would have the substance abuse and, and that it would pass on to his son. It's got to come from somewhere. It's got to be some hereditary passing on or something like that, or everybody has it just stronger in there. Do you think, how long ago did they say Grady murdered his family? 10 years ago? Oh, when did they say it was? Okay, Not too long on. ago. So, so Grady, do you think that the house only preys on people with the shine? Or do you think that it can get to anybody? No, I think that I think that the the overlook. It, it's kind of like I buy into what Scatman Crowther said. Bad things have happened here, and sometimes it leaves a trace. And I think a lot of bad things happened there. I, I, I think that the hotel in itself is evil, and that's why things can happen. And if you ha- if you shine, you're more prone to see them, and, and, and they're more they can dig into you. You know what I mean? They can, yeah. they can like punch the hole into, into this world more. Cause if you look at it this way, Wendy at the end of the movie, when the hotel she basically sees it. wakes up for good, she sees it and she's not known to shine or anything like that. So I feel that the hotel just gets more powerful because more is opened up with them. Or Danny opened it up for everybody That's to possible. see. That, I mean, yeah, because he doesn't have control over it like Scatman Carruthers would. Like, or, he knows things are there. But. So, so here's a question. So you die in the Overlook, and you become some sort of ghost, or you're, or you're there, sucked into it. Was Scatman Crothers stuck in there after he died in there? Oh, wow. I, I can't see it. I can't okay. see Dick Halloran dying in there and being stuck in there. I think some people are always have always been there. They've lived other lives there, and that is why Jack Nicholson... Obviously, we get the picture at the end, you know, from 1921 or whatever it is. I think people look at it different ways, but the way I've I've come to interpret it is he has been there before. He has a soul that's been involved in this before. And he even says to Wendy, he goes, the first I time I like came here for the tour, he says, I, it was almost as if I knew what was around every corner. And he goes, you know, and then he's like, 
I never felt so comfortable uh, in my life or something. And he's only been there like a month. You know what I mean? So it's like they wanted him. He's been there. He was there in 1921. Yeah, there's so many different ways to look. See, I've come up with one of the things about this movie and why I love it so much is I've been able to come up with answers to the questions. Some, you know, and I might have a discussion and some say, well, I don't buy that. But I always try with movies, especially movies that I like to explain. And if yeah. I can come up with my own explanations, that's what I've done over the years with this one, with all the times I've watched it. It could be that or it could be that the hotel absorbs you and you're now a permanent guest in there to live mm -hmm. throughout the history of the horrible acts or whatever, you know, live through the it, it could be, in, I guess, interpreted either way. So, I mean, it, it's a very interesting movie, like it's just so weird and different. Um, uh, the one thing that I did notice is like. I know a lot of people do point, and I think you mentioned this too, like they point out a lot of the beautiful locations, but the one part I noticed how good and how well decorated it was when Wendy was running and she's going through all that blue, all those hallways that are blue. I was like, man, all this stuff, the set design is so gorgeous, just in this like throwaway shit background. You know what I mean? Yes. They use colors so well, but in not in obvious ways. It's like what yeah. you said, you have to, you have to pick up on it and stuff and what they do with the reds, with the blood and all that stuff. And, I mean, and even like, I'll tell you when the colors pop, when room 237, which I love. Everybody talks about the the overlook, the, the yeah. hotel carpet. I love the carpet and the colors and the way room 237 looks. It's just like some. Is it a fucking bathroom carpeted? Yeah, it's crazy. Wait a minute. Is the bathroom <laughs> carpeted? I, I feel like it is. I don't know this. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Maybe it is. And if it is, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But I just know that the way the rug looks, I love it. It looks more like something that you'd see in an Argento flick. Yeah. Honestly, the, the, the decorations of it. It's just in the gold room. Oh, I was just telling my daughter yesterday. I said, man, I want to win the lottery because if I ever won the lottery, I would have the gold room. I would have a perfect mock-up of that whole place. It'd be a party room in my house. The bar, exactly. The You're talking about looks, the big ballroom? The colors, yeah. Oh, that's fucking huge, man. It takes know, so long to clean it. Uh, hey, yeah. I'm a lottery winner. I'm, yeah, I'm rich. I'm saying if I if I could afford something like that, and that would be like the, the place to be. I'd have parties there and stuff. Come on, we're going to the gold room, and I'd have that song playing half the time. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I know? said, all like classical music. He never really has like that typical score. There's a lot of things that set this apart from other 80, 1980 movies. I mean, there's a couple ghost stories, but there's no ghost story kind of like this. There, there's no like real malicious ghost. Like these are truly malicious spirits unlike the fog or out for justifiable revenge or the changeling, which is a very classic ghost story, which is, right. you know, you got to help me solve this because I don't, this is unfair. You know, this is in, unjust. So there's like two unjust. There's nothing that these ghosts or this house, it's evil is evil, which is a strange thing. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's not anything quite like it in, in terms of other ghosters, except maybe death ship, which I don't think you've watched. I've seen it one time. Yeah. yeah, it's enough. I didn't hate it either. I didn't <laughs> it's enough. hate it. It's, it's fine. It's, it's okay. fine. It's fine. It's a rip off The Shining, you know, even from the blood shower, just like the blood elevator. I mean, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Wow. Except George Kennedy is no uh, um, Jack Nicholson, although I love George Kennedy. Not the, not the type to play that performance no, as well as Jack. But uh, And also Watcher in the Woods um, from 1980. The Disney film has a lift it. directly from The Shining. Remember that? I gotta look at my notes to see because I've already the, watched it and I have notes the, for it. Now you're gonna the background that she gets the dog and like what are we gonna name it? Like name it and like 
name it. She writes it backwards, oh, and it's fucking Karen. I was like, the best- go fuck yourself. Like, I don't know if that was in the book, but it came like it was. I was like, this is this is garbage. Like, it's not like there's no way it had to be lifted directly from the shining. I'm just like, fuck off. It's funny. Laughing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. There's all that kind of shit in there. Like, it's oh, just like to- Nilbog in freaking yeah. Troll Two. <laughs> You're just like, stop it. And then fucking um. They all thought they were clever. <laughs> troll 2, right? it's called Goblet. It's not even fucking trolls. Right. <laughs> and then Troll 3 well, is, is about killer roots. Right. Oh, it's ridiculous. What about Alucarda? That, that started, if you think about well, it. The Dracula, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Alucarda's a great movie, too, yeah. Sure. So yeah. there's also some other comparisons. What was I getting at uh, with this? Oh, geez. What, I knew there's a couple movies that were vaguely similar to The Shining. Now I'm losing it. Oh, yeah, Phantom Carriage. Have you watched that? I started watching it. And I, I didn't finish it. There is an axe or a hatchet through a door. I don't know if Kubrick saw it, but it's similar to The Shining. And then, of course, I've heard this before. A year later, yeah. Fulci lifted it for House by the Cemetery. And they do the hatchet through the door, which is also a wow. ghost story and a weird ghost story, too. House by the Cemetery is a fucking whack ghost story. It doesn't yes, feel it like is. one, but it is. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's like a mad scientist ghost story, which is a strange combination. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, like as far as this year is concerned, you have literally like so many horror directors and so much crazy shit going on this has got to be one of the most crazy violent nihilistic years ever <laughs> it's pretty whacked out mean-spirited yes. yeah i mean you have the exploitation film you have maniac and you know the, the kickoff of the slashers and all you the other everything. stuff which yeah good old 80s you know <laughs> 1980 is a strong year like you could take it like other like psychopaths in this year you got betsy palmer joe spinell david hess god uh, uh, oh. nicholas worth and they're like their movies range in quality obviously not not everything could be the shining but their performances are very good and like very com- i would say comparable to a certain extent but different you know what i mean different kind Definitely. of psychopaths and stuff I don't know. It's a classic movie. Like this is one for me that I, I, you put in the history books, like the naysayers. It's just like, who gives a shit what you have to say? Like, I know it's that, like, it, there's just like a hundred movies that are people like, I think this movie sucks. And you're just like, cool. Not even going to engage in this kind of talk. Like Texas right. Chainsaw, Halloween. It's like, it doesn't matter what I think of those movies. It, the, the book's closed. But yeah, of course the book's closed. Absolutely. Closed. But I'll tell like, you. Yeah. Chase is closed. But, but this movie here, you can say what you want about slasher movies and other yeah. stuff like that. This movie here, how how could you dispute that it's not that it's not well made? You, you know what I mean? How can, no. you know what I mean? Like the other movies, and again, uh, no one loves Friday the Thirteenth more than I do. I'm yeah. just saying, but anybody can come and tear it apart for this reason or that to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, this and that's cheap, and blah, and you could see this here, and the acting isn't top notch, or the dialogues. I get that. I enjoy it for other reasons on another level, but this movie here, I just, I, I can't understand. It's almost like, I, I mean, you can't say the word can't, but I want to say you can't say this is a bad movie. Well, you know what I mean? People that say it's like a poorly made movie, like you just got to stop. Like, like it, it, there's only so many certain things you can take when somebody says like too many hot takes like that, where you're just like, now I like, I'm just going to be like Paulie from the Goodfellas. Now I got to walk away from you. <laughs> you know what i mean like now i gotta walk away from you just get, very good like it, it's like, enough you just can't totally. like you stop taking their opinion like every once in a while as long as they admit it like it's a great movie i don't like it like that's okay or like yeah, i understand fine. why you like it. it's not for me but they're like this is a, this is a poorly made film you'd be like not script yeah this is a film like this is like this is like do you think the cinematography is bad 
like the set design's bad. What 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 oh, world are we in? Like they just say it sucks. That's just the word they use. Oh, the shining sucks. Ah, I sucks. Can't... Why? My right. brain doesn't work. <laughs> like, right. like it's fine it's if you're slow. at work and somebody's like that movie sucks. You're like okay. We don't have to have this conversation ever. But like, right. if you're talking to somebody that likes horror movies and they're just like, it sucks. You're like, that's it. That's all we're getting. Like, why are we doing this? Like, <laughs> I, I don't even need to ask you. I, we're both being on the top 10 show, top 25 on 22 shots. So like, I, we can't get into what we rank above it, but I'm pretty sure I know you're one and two. Like it's the most obvious. I'm sure one you do. Two. I, I'm pretty sure right. you can guess my one at least um, pretty easily. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. 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 it's just I the way i am it's, it's movies you've seen at a certain age that have had a, a, a very a adverse or a regular a crazy effect on you so like is there anything else you want to talk about in the shining i mean we we kind of just glance the surface really but there's a lot there is a lot i mean the, 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 it still scares me to this day and not it's very rare for anything to scare me when they do i hold it in high regard the twin scene it doesn't matter so the day I die, I'll always be creeped out by anything involving the Grady girls. And it's the first time you see them, the way they look at each other when he's playing darts, when the whole Hello Danny conversation, and you know later on when he goes into room 237. And the thing is, though, that is scary when the lady, <laughs> that is creepy. And I, I put myself in that position. Like to this day, I don't want to be yeah. in a hotel. Every time I'm in a hotel, if I'm in a hallway by myself at night, which usually when I'm in a hotel, it is at nighttime when you're, you know, getting ready for bed or you go to get ice or whatever you're doing in a hotel. I always get just a tad bit creeped out because of this movie. And I think about certain things, but so it creeps me out. Now, the thing with the lady, <laughs> it is scary, but every time I watch it now, I, I break out in laughter because of how long she keeps laughing. It's scary. But it's also funny after he closes the door and he's running down the hall, the old lady is still in the room with the door locked and closed laughing. <laughs> Just like sitting there by herself laughing. I, I find is she in the bathtub too? Yeah, she's in the bathtub. She rises out. They yeah, show the yeah. thing. I thought, did she go back in the bathtub and start laughing or she's just standing there? I can't remember. No, the last time we see her is when she's, you know, stepping towards yeah. him and then. He locks the door and runs, and then we just hear her. But she keeps on laughing. The scene even fades away to Dick Holler and making a phone call from Florida, and you still hear the laughing going. <laughs> it's it's creepy, but it's funny at the same time that she's still sitting in there laughing. You know. Now, do you think that Kubrick killed Dick Hollerin just so it would be completely different from the book? Because it's such a like a huge buildup of him like calling and going, <laughs> and then he just promptly gets axed. You're just like. What the fuck was the point of that? You really do think that for a minute. I, but I'll tell you what. In he did right, help I was them thinking get away. Watching it. Because he gets hit oh. and then they get away because of it. He was the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he showed up, things did happen. He was a distraction. Yeah. But it's also kind of, it just speaks to the evil of this hotel, thinking that all this time, the guy wakes up in the morning, he has to make phone calls, he has to make a plane ride, he, it touches down at 8.20 a.m., then he calls the guy, then he says... I'm going to drive. I'll be there in five hours to get the snowcat. So this guy spends like 24 hours Straight. just to go into this place for two minutes to, to get to killed immediately. It's it's crazy, but it just shows how evil. I mean, you think that the first time you see this movie, you think, oh, this, you know, Dick's going to save the day. You know what I mean? And then he gets, oh, no, not in this movie. And I kind of like it. I kind of yeah, like that. I mean, it's different. Yeah. It's almost like Rob Dyer in, in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, who sets his whole life to avenge his sister's death. 
Which one? Part, part four? Yeah, and, you know, and he's then he just gets manhandled. Fuck that idiot. Fuck that idiot. He's like commentating his own death. The moron. <laughs> he's killing he's no all shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, so, so, like, also, the one thing that I like is like every time something real fucked up happens, it does that boom, it does those stings. And they're not, they're good stings. Mm. Like, there's a lot of yeah. bad movie stings that you hear a thousand times that are pure dog shit. Like, the stings in this one, I think one hits when uh, Halloran gets hit with the axe. Um, oh, I think, I think there's one where he runs from the Grady, the Grady girls. I think there's one there too. Genuinely very scary. So, absolutely. Like, it has the tropes a lot, like I said, but it's a little different. You don't typically see evil ghosts that are... These are not for revenge. They're not. Like, they're just, you know, they're just bad. Usually ghosts are out for revenge. How and many some other... are just partying. Yeah. What about, the, what about the guy with the drink? Great party. And what about the guy with the dog and the blowjob and the freaking thing? They're just doing their thing just to just oh, That dog do looks it. pretty scary. I agree. There's, not a friendly it dog. It is a little scary. Not True. a friendly dog. Now here's my question about well, in the book. The, that he's not scene. friendly at all. He actually comes after in the book. Yeah, that's right. And 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 they don't, don't wasn't it? Didn't it happen at a party? And the guy, these guys started carrying on at some ball that was happening there. And and the one guy, as a joke, took a leash and put it around the dog. And they started you know gallivanting. And then they ended up hooking up together or something. Something like weird that. like it that. Was, I think it was some yeah. weird happenstance thing where these two dudes just got together. Yeah, but, it, it was strange. And he's like, they're obviously like, they're, he's a bad person or something weird. Like he tries to eat Danny or some shit. Yeah, I remember that. In the hedge maze, it wasn't a hedge maze. It was the hedge animals, and that yeah, was scary yeah. in the book. But that's yeah. that's a whole other thing. But here's I a like question the about maze, the dog. Actually. Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, and the scene I'm where Jack sees him it. in the hedge maze is one of the best. That's like <sighs> his first moment where he's losing his shit, and you're just like, man. I don't even know how they did that. I look every time to I see. I still don't know how they did it. I, I can't find. I, it. I know. Can't spot it. I can't spot I can't the cutter. I can't spot the minute. I don't know what's going on. How about that scene when Jack's just sitting there and they're, they're playing that low music and he's just staring off, drifting off, dude. I used that in my 1980 wow. opening. You saw that. Yeah. Did, did. you watch that it's opening? Amazing. Yeah. I saw Well, it was on the regular video you did. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. I used yeah. so much different. I used all the, all my favorites in that, the opening and stuff like that. A lot of great dialogue, lots of great music, lots of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Like everybody. The, the score. The score for this movie, nobody ever talks about it amongst like the best scores. The, like I said, yeah. so much, so yeah. many things going on in the score in this movie, and it's just overlooked because there's just so many things. This is the opening thing, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. But there's so many things throughout, and sometimes they're repeated, just like Halloween and Friday and the other ones, you know. But I mean, it's it's. A, I, I feel like it's an overlooked score. Nobody really talks about like The Shining amongst like you know what are the the best scores for horror movies. It doesn't. It seems like it's slept on. It's a really a damn good score. It's creepy. It, something else. Something else about the movie. Like it, technically, I can't. I can't find one thing wrong. Well, me being that it's my favorite movie, I can't find anything wrong with it anyway. I so. mean, I don't really find anything wrong with it either. It's like you know, I have my personal favorites, and it's this this is in my top hundred. It does make my top hundred when I was doing my list. Nice. Actually, on rewatch this time, I bumped it up. Like I was like. I bump, I, it's in my top 10, okay? I bumped it up higher wow. in my top 10. So, I mean, it's in my top 10 in 1980. 1980 for sure. It's not oh, in my top man. 10 of 100. Okay, but still. If, if it was, we're talking quality movies, it is. Like, not personal favorites, but it's right. in my top 100. Like, it's, 
I can't. It's so hard to start rating these fucking movies. I think this is my cousin. This is probably my cousin's favorite horror movie. He's not a huge. He likes movies like Radio Pit, but this I think this is his favorite. Oh, that's great. I got in a heated argument with him once. He thought The Shining was creepier than The Thing, and I was like, I didn't think. And then I now I think back on it, and I was like, No, by definition, The Shining is creepier. Creepier, the, yeah. The Thing may be scarier because mm-hmm. the what's going to happen, but the definition of creepy is The Shining. Yeah, this and it creepy. does creep me out to it's this scary. day. It's like yeah. it works. It, it has these moments that that work on me, and that's not easy to do. How many movies actually creep you out? I mean, it's such a nine actually kind of does. Yeah. There's certain things that go well, on there, but I mean, not a whole lot. I think that every reasonable human being can understand that there's a chance that they could lose their mind, and there's nothing scarier than losing control completely. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that, that is an awful that is an awful thought yeah, yeah. So, and, and something uh, affecting this your movie, mind too. how do you even i mean it's like you said what's really at hand here who are people losing their mind are there ghosts are there possessions is it all of the above is it the shining you know what i mean it's fucking danny just fucking shining everybody and they're all fucking losing their shit and then he goes away that's the crazy part so he when, when, when shit really hits the fan, all of a sudden it's Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. Yeah. His, 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 his physical self, his mental self can't take what's happened. Shuts he regresses. down. Yes, he shuts down. And then freaking this other side comes out. and He, he pulls a barber from Night Living Dead. He just don't, refuses to deal with the situation, knows it's hopeless, yeah. they shut down. They're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing this game. I'll just, if I die, I die. It's over. I'm not doing this. Who could blame him? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it happens like more than people would like to admit that we're just like, eh. like yeah. the apocalypse. Somebody's like, I'm ready for the apocalypse. Half the people just be like, eh, <laughs> just waiting to die. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee like 20% of people just kill themselves. Like if nuclear <laughs> war happens, they just blow their brains out right on the spot. Wouldn't be surprising. No, I feel you. Why bother? Like, we got to eat my dog. It's like, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> I think I'm good on that. I think I'm just going to die. <laughs> yeah. You don't know until you're there, but yeah, you're talking about evil and ghosts and stuff like this. It's yeah, different. You don't know how you're going to react. And I just feel bad for every, I even feel bad for Jack at the end of the movie. I always, I, this is the way I take it. I think at the end of the movie, they release him. Well, first of all, I think the last time he, he hangs on to humanity is when he has that dream. Cause he's like a different person. Danny, and he wakes yeah. up. Yes. The and the way dream. he's talking to her. Yes. That seems like a real moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good moment. He's like in tears in front of his wife. He's endearing himself to her. That that shows something in the relationship. And he's like, to me, that's like his last moments of humanity. And I think they're gone until the very end of the movie. And I think at the very end of the movie, when he's trapped in the snow and he hears the snow cat come up and everything, and the hotel knows that he failed, I think that the hotel releases him and turns him back to a person. And when he's calling, Daddy, Wally, I think that he's like hypothermia and stuff is setting in, and he's really actually calling out Having a as a family man. Yes, that I want help. And I've been abused all this time. And now they just let me go and here I am. And that's well, terrifying. You know, like, and there's like deep, they obviously use the resentment that Jack has towards, you know, um, Wendy because like, it's not sure. Wendy's fault, but Jack blames her for his failures. You know, like if I wouldn't have had the kid, I could have been a famous writer, you know, I wouldn't be a drunk, you know, all this shit. He's blaming it on her because he's got fragile, you know, masculine. He's fragile. I mean, sensitive, stupid, you know, like most guys sensitive and stupid, but they try <laughs> to hide it. 
at the be- <laughs> at all cost. <laughs> right. True. And I do love that line though. Yeah. That, that one line when he's speaking of that when he says, "I've let you fuck up my life so far, but I am not gonna let you fuck this up." I love that fucking shit. He like, blames her for everything, you know, like right? that resentment. Yeah. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, is oh, there anything? Boy. Any last things you want to say about it? That scene with Jack and his son in the bed when he wakes up to go get his That's fire a scary truck. Scene. That conversation, you just feel the kid being afraid of his father by the way he sits there. The kid sells it so well, too. And just the way that scene is played out, it's and the music that's playing during it, it's a different kind of creepy. It's almost like, I don't know, like, I just get like a freaking, a very uncomfortable feeling when I, I think about like, a real life situation where somebody abuses their kid and like later on they're trying to be nice to him, but the kid in the back of his head knows I can never trust my father fully again. It's deep. And that, that, no, that gets to me. I just wanted to mention that scene. There's definitely a, um, a great way that they show fear through a child. And you get that a lot here. The bike, Jack kind of being terrified to wake your dad up when he's taking a nap. Cause you know, you're right. just going to get chewed out or yelled at or, maybe worse so like there's that feeling you know back there like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that too fear through a child like you see lots of different ways through fear is put through you have fear through jack and all his fucking failures fear through windy and like the obviously trauma that she has and fear through danny just all that kind of shit you know and even hell fear through scatman crothers worrying about what's going to happen to them uh danny so I mean, there's like lots of different ways of what people being afraid in this movie and and I feel like they capture Danny's fear pretty well, especially like the ideas of having to go in and be quiet. And like he, you expect him to wake him up, but he's already fucking up. Just sitting. There. That's creepy when he's sitting there, the way just he's just sitting, sitting there. there like this and the music they play. And then he turns. Oh man. That nobody ever talks about that scene, but everything, everything about that disturbs me. That's, that's the one scene in this movie that disturbed me. That's the perfect word for it. Something about it, man. It's just, I don't know. Because yeah, you don't expect. I could go there's on a, and on. There's a lot of things you don't expect. Like you don't expect Scatman Crothers to bite it. You don't expect right. him to be sitting up. There's just a lot of different things that you don't really expect to happen. You know, like I said, it's a lot of manipulation too, and he's definitely manipulating the audience and what the characters say. You don't know who to trust, what to trust, exactly what the hell's going on, and it probably upset people a lot. You know, but I, I think it's great. I think it's a classic for a reason. I think it's one of the best horror movies in 1980. One of the best horror movies ever made. Right on. I agree. Of course. Do you want to plug anything? Eh, exploding heads. Uh, we're on Patreon, and we're uh, wherever everything else is played. You know, Apple, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And um, Watsy Party Horror Show, same thing. And I just joined Jay of the Dead's new horror movies, which has nine hosts, and it's a crazy, great situation. And I think you guys should check all these shows out. Yep. And that's it. You should also thank you. Yeah, for sure. If you never uh, listen to Exploding Heads, is there an episode you want them to start with? Top 50 slashers, favorite slashers? Oh, man. F- episode 50 is a great one. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one that I'll say is great. I don't usually like say my stuff is, but we worked hard on that one. So, yeah, yeah episode 50. And, man, I can't wait to get to episode 200. That's, uh, I'm really looking I gotta forward to that. I got to make my list still. I've been, I've been fucking around with Are it. Are you going to? Yeah, I'll make it eventually. I just oh, look at it. I'm nice. just like, Ugh. and then like. Like I don't, I don't have time to rewatch all these classics that should be on my list. But I fucking, you know, I was like, I, I don't know why I watched Cannibal Apocalypse four times last year, but I didn't watch. <laughs> you know, I was like shit like that. Like it's just, <laughs> but it is what it is. So I appreciate you doing this. Uh, yeah, you'll we have to come on some other time. Like if you ever, if anybody ever has a Friday Thirteenth question, you should ask Dave Z or Christian from Exploding Heads. I am. 
that's fair. You, know, you your love for Friday the 13th <laughs> actually made me appreciate that series more. I mean, I always liked it, but I didn't, it was never my favorite series, but I've always felt it was the most solid series because the highs and lows of the other movies are really high or really fucking low. Like, for, for me, sure. none of the Fridays beat Hellraiser one, but like, that's fair. I love Hellraiser the, one. Not even the worst Friday ever is lower than like Hellraiser, like four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, <laughs> so like it, it gets bad in those series. Like, and Friday only has a couple bad ones. Like, eight's a piece of shit. I can't stand eight. I can't stand eight, it. Nine. I can't stand. Eight, I know. I barely Jason goes to nine. hell. Jason goes to hell. Eight. I I barely remember it. That's yeah. You don't want to. That's I remember it as a kid. And I'd never yeah. rewatched it. But eight, I I like always would come on TV and I'd watch twenty five minutes and I'm like, I can't fucking watch this thing. This <laughs> It's it like is, Nightmare on Street 5. I'm just like, I can't fucking oh. watch this thing. I can't watch this movie. I'm There's, with you. Or Halloween freaking resurrection. Uh, you know? I don't I don't even I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I finished. I think I only saw it on TV and only bits and pieces, and I was just like, no, man. I just can't watch this. I can't watch Lucky. This. Good. There's no reason to watch it. So uh, I said, would you say out of the big three then that, that, that Friday is your, your favorite now? I mean, I'd watch the series more. I mean, like, you're talking about Big Three? Oh, yeah, the Big Three. I mean, I yeah. like Nightmare on Elm Street better than any Friday. The movie itself, you mean? Just the first one. Oh, I have no problem with that. That's, but I don't... I adore it. I like Friday 1 through 5. I could watch any time. They're, they're comfort food. They're very easy. 6, I, I like, but I don't get the appeal as I got older. I used to like it more, but it just doesn't hold up for me as much. I don't know why. It was a little... And 7, same. It's, it's okay. But, like... Yeah. As far as like well, we go to nightmare, like one, love it. Two, it's good. Three, love it. Four, I love it, but it's awful. Five, I hate. <laughs> Six, I hate. Seven, I like. Eight is what? Freddy vs. Jason, it's okay. And then I never finished the remake. It's not my thing. The Friday. We, I'll tell you, we line up a lot with, with these franchises, honestly. <laughs> so one's great on Friday. Two's great. Three's good. Almost great. Four's great. Five yep. is great. Six is yep. good. Seven's okay. Yep. Eight's trash. Nine, I don't remember. Ten, um, I don't remember very well. I remember having Jason some X. fun shit, but I, I don't remember. Freddy vs. Jason, okay. And the remake is okay. Like, I don't know why it's as boring with that much nudity and boobs. And then we yeah. do Halloween. Halloween 1's yeah. a classic. Halloween 2, I barely remember. It's been years. I love Halloween 3. <gasps> barely remember part 4. And I've seen 4 and 5 a bunch because they're always on TV. Barely remember right. them. I remember 4 being better than 5. 6, it I is. don't think I'll like again um it's been years seven i hate how movies look at that time so but i, I know a lot of people like it eight i wouldn't even watch again and i like rob zombies movies i know people hate them but i'm just like, i like the theatrical cut of part one without the yep. rape i like the tom cole yeah shit with the cops it's so much better and, and i know I, it's so way basic better. it's so it's, funny and it's too. basic and good it's yeah, got it's got leslie easterbeck bill mosley and tom tolls in it and you cut that yeah. for fucking this weird rape scene that doesn't even fit you cut out four fucking kills for that. Yeah, that's. And Tom Tolson's got the best line in that whole fucking thing. Uh, Bill Moe's like trick or treat, and then Tom Tol. I know we're going on a tirade here, but Bill, but uh, Tom Tolson's is like, he's like, have a donut. He's like, you know how many goddamn sit ups I'd have to do to burn off a donut. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. Um, now I love all that stuff with the original escape that you're talking about, but do does that mean that they remove? Um, what's his name? Uh, in 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 the in the in the uh, the uncut in the director's cut when um, 
Danny Trejo? That was good to you, Mikey. Danny <laughs> no, Trejo. I think that's still in there. I feel like it's in oh, both versions. Oh, well, but shit, I, then. That's so, like, morbidly funny when he dies. Like, I'll have to rewatch the theatrical version, like, because you, like, feel bad for him. He's like, that's good to you, Mikey, but it's just, like, kind of laughing because he's the same Mikey. Like, he's, like, a, talking to a Ninja Turtle. What's up, Mikey? <laughs> Like, I don't know, but no, I, I, I do enjoy that. It's been a while since I watched them. And like Rob Zombie's had such like a shit streak lately. Like not too bad, oh, boy. but 31's bad. Like the last so, like, three. I'm so worried about putting those in and just being like, oh no, like these suck. Like the Halloween movie. I'll never hate Devil's Rejects or House of Corpses, but I could see no myself way. slipping a little bit on those Halloween movies to be like, mm, you know what I mean? I've come up on them. Honestly. I always like them. Though. Yeah. I've always loved two. It took me a little time to watch one. You know what it was for me with one when I decided to watch it and pretend the original didn't exist. And it's easier said than done, but I have learned to do that when it comes to remakes now. And it usually makes them more enjoyable. And it totally did with me. I stopped the comparisons. I never had any ownership of Halloween. You know what I mean? Like I never had it. Like I'm excited for this Hellraiser movie because I love the first two Hellraisers a lot. This one looks pretty good. And I, I can't believe it looks good. I can't perfect director, perfect casting, perfect tone and style i was just like that guy is the only guy that i i was like i've seen his other stuff i was like this guy's the guy to do this like even no matter what i feel about his other movies this is the guy uh so i'm very excited for that um as far as we get in like texas chainsaw world too like love the first one love the second one third one's all right yeah. fourth one's a piece of shit mm-hmm. um the remake's okay um i like yeah. the beginning a little more than the remake absolutely um, turned off parts uh the 3d didn't finish that um eh, do not okay. like leatherface at all nope i don't either I think it's the that one that number seven, whatever the one. The, yeah, the, that that one, I think that's the French directors. I hate two. it. I think it's. Trash. I don't hate it, but I just I'm not into it that much. And then this know? new one I thought was terrible but entertaining. Oh, I I I really enjoyed. I, the like, new one. I enjoyed it, but oh, I was like, this is bad. Like that's the way I felt about Halloween Kills. Like this is a bad movie, but like it's I part love it. Twelve <laughs> and all it's just a bunch of killing, and I'm fine with it. I don't give a shit. It's part twelve. It's part fucking twelve. Like <laughs> true. This is where I notice you and I differ. Uh, modern horror. Yeah. That's the, in the, I think we, we, we see a lot of like in the seventies and eighties and stuff like that to a degree, 2022, 2021, you know, this era of horror, I, I feel like I enjoy them more than you do. Um, probably do. I mean, but especially I, franchise I, stuff. I, I just don't get into the new, I lost, I lose interest in franchise even younger. Like I, I stopped watching the Hellraiser movies at part five or six. Like I was just like, that's enough for me. I, I just, I get burnt out. Like, yeah, I've only seen up to child's play four. I'm like, that's enough. And the remake. I was just like, that's enough. Like, I, I got even You didn't back, see Curse? Oh, you I didn't see Curse or Cult. You would or like Curse. Seed. Oh, don't even bother with Seed. Man, uh, here's what I like. Watch them all. The first two. I like the first two, one and two. And I like Curse and I like Cult. And I like the remake. Everything in the middle, I don't like. I think we differ in the 90s because I like part three. It, it was a little too comical for but, me. That's all. Chucky shit is stupid. The whole concept to me is too dumb to take seriously. So when it was really serious in part one, I was just like, all right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get it. It's a doll. I, it's, it's not, it's not like, it just was like, it's so like, it's the voodoo shit that makes me laugh. Not the doll. I, okay. I don't like how he puts his soul into the doll. Like in the very beginning part, I always crack up. Like I, he's like, oh, mm, I, I'm just like, yeah. I can't take this serious <laughs> right now, man. Like I, I, I like, and it's dead straight pan and you have to be dead straight pan for the movie to work, but it just, I don't know what it is. It's like crossing that line of just too goddamn dumb for me and being serious, but it's a good movie. I mean, like, come on, it is what it is. Right. 
I, I, I love it actually. I, I, but I, I get what you're saying though. If you, if you really break it down and think about somebody doing something like that, but, but, but that's I like the thing about shit. the genre. I don't know why. I right. like dumb shit, but it's just, I, it's, it has a, it has a very classy tone. So it's just bizarre. Right. You know what I mean? It's bizarre. It's a bizarre scene. Yeah, it is. If you think about it, yeah, it's I never thought about it till you said it. <laughs> and like when Full Moon does shit like that, you're like, this sucks anyway, so I don't care. Like it's already like got a crappy tone, so you expect stupid right. shit. Like, but like Child's plays all classy and it's like a serial killer flick, and he's just like, yeah, man, and this is like, what is going on? Right them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, next time you watch Give me it, the you just power. Like, no, but yeah, I like I like franchise movies up to a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, I feel you. Yeah. I'm just glad you, you have a better appreciation for Friday now. No, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, it, it happened. Like, I like them. Like, Friday one, like, I always was like, this is a good movie. But, like, as I went on and heard you guys talk about it more, like, I could see a little bit more detail stuff that I liked. Right. Nice. See, I used to think four was the best. And then as I got older, I was like, you know what? Great. I think I personally like five. The best is not the best. Two is probably the best. Oh, nice. Love it. I think two is probably the best. But my favorite. Yeah, I love it. I definitely think one, two, uh, four, and five are are better. Like I think if I had to rank them, let's just do like five yeah. personal favorites. Is like five, two, one, and four are about the same, and then like three, then six, yeah, then seven, and then I don't well, give a fuck. I just don't give a fuck after that. We're very close. Yeah, I mean, I have two as my favorite. It, it would go two, one, four, three, five, six, seven. Don't give nah, a fuck about maybe rest. remake, maybe remake in the middle, but either way. Oh, that's another show. I'll talk about that. If I'm going to recommend an exploding head show, because everybody always tells me this, that they keep re-listening to the Friday the 13th yeah. retro we did. So I'll pimp that. Yeah, you guys did a lot of details doing. on that. Well, Brandon hate was suffering. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Two Friday fanboys that gave everything for that show. Just talk so, about I mean, <laughs> detailed characters that have one line. <laughs> You're like, yeah, Glenn, Clarence said this. And it's like, who's Clarence? You don't remember? He's the guy with glasses who's in the bar. And he says, the bartender? No, not the bartender. The bartender's friend who gave him peanuts. No, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> oh, I got awesome. Oh, I'll let you go, all right? Yeah, absolutely. Up here. All right, brother. It's been yeah. fun, all right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you later, brother. Have a good sure. one.